This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Sean Blanc, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. Happy to be here. I love geeking out with other productivity geeks because we speak the same language, and uh, I'm really excited about a conversation. But before we start, I got to ask you to take 60 seconds or less and tell our audience who you are and what you do, because I want to put you in the context for our conversation. Yeah. Well, like I said, my name is Sean Blanc. I live in Kansas City. I'm the wife, uh, sorry, husband <laughs> of an amazing wife. We're actually about to celebrate 16 years of marriage. Wow. We've got three boys. Uh, and I run a productivity training website called The Focus Course, where we do on-demand training, uh, as well as live uh, group training, cohorts, workshops, things like that. I'm always amazed when people go, why do you have competitors on your on your show, Mark? Why? I'm like, there's 440 million English speaking people in the world. I can't take 440 million clients. There's enough, there's enough clients for everyone in the world. Okay. I'm pretty sure, uh, Sean, you can't take uh, 440 million people. You probably like it, but you got a life. I'm sure your wife wants you, your kids want you. And, uh, so plus you have things I may or may or may not agree with, and that's okay. So we're going to have a healthy conversation. And I went to your website this morning and it said, today is Monday. And I'm like, yes, it is. And it's a great day because today is Monday. Now, listener, you are hearing this on Tuesday, but we're recording this yesterday. My shows, in case you don't know it, the episodes are released the very next day. So this is like not something we recorded eight months ago, like last Christmas or something. This is really current. So I'm really excited to have you on the show and find out your thoughts on productivity because I certainly don't know all the answers. I don't, I don't have all the answers either, but maybe together we could we could get part of the way there. I love it. So because you're a productivity geek like me, what is your number one productivity tip? If you could only give one tip to somebody, what would that be? I love this question. I get this all the time and my answer is super bizarre. It would be this, that uh, tonight, as everyone's listening to this tonight, before you go to bed, decide what you're going to wear tomorrow. So go in your closet, your wardrobe, whatever, pick out the outfit, pants, etc. set it out. And then tomorrow when you wake up, put that on. And that's, that's my productivity tip. I love that because Steve Jobs, same outfit. Mark Zuckerberg, same outfit. If you, the less complexity you have to have in your life, and I'm a big fan of saying complexity is a gateway to procrastination. The less things you have to think about, the better off you are. And I don't think people realize how powerful that strategy is. Even if you work from home, you can still set your clothes out for the next morning. Yeah. And there's a, a thing about it too, right? So it's reducing the complexity. And then the thing I love about this with setting out your clothes the night before and then putting it on is we kind of hit on two things with this is first of all, this idea of personal integrity and actually following through with what you've said you're going to do. And you know, we are super lazy people. Like we just, you know, the alarm goes off. We don't want to wake up or it's time to go to the gym. We don't want to go to the gym. And all these things that are that matter, that are important to us, to health in our areas, we're really good at finding reasons why we shouldn't be doing those. And so we make these commitments to ourselves ahead of time. But then when it's in the moment to follow through, uh, a lot of us lack that personal integrity to follow through with what we said we're going to do. We're really good at keeping our commitments to others. So we show up to work on time or get our kids to school on time, you know, within reason. Uh, and then when it's time for us to show up for ourselves, we often don't. So that personal integrity is huge. So when you set your clothes out and you say, this is what I'm going to wear tomorrow, then you get up the next morning and you put it on. You've now 
just followed through with yourself. You've kept a commitment to yourself, which is huge. So there's that component. And then you're helping your future self. And for me, the mornings are the most precious time. I feel like five minutes in the morning is worth so much more than five minutes anywhere else in the day. Mm. And so anything I can do in the morning to help me just have the most amount of time for the things that I really want to do, which thinking about what I'm going to wear, that's not a great use of my time in the morning. So it helps my future self as well. It kind of uh, helps me get going and, and things like that. So. A couple of thoughts. Number one is if you are a morning exerciser, like I'm a member of the 5 a.m. club, get up seven days a week about five o'clock in the morning. The first thing I do is I go out and walk for 20 minutes briskly to elevate the heart rate. And then about two hours later, when the light, when the sun comes up, I will go out for a run. And so I always have my shorts, my running short, uh, your running shirt, sneakers, everything's there ready for me. I don't want to go around and say, where are my keys? Where are my, where's my, or my Apple watch I sleep with, but I want, I want to know where everything is. And that's such a small thing, but it is so huge because if you take the few minutes, like you said, it's only a few minutes. What are you going to wear tomorrow? It's so simple. You're not, don't overthink it. Just pick your clothes out. And if you decide to change your mind, well, too late. You can wear that new outfit the day after. Okay. The other thing you said is, you know, you're helping your future self. I think we are in, we're in a COVID pandemic, but I think we're also in the pandemic of people not realizing that until your final day, there's going to be a future self. And if you don't take the time today to think about your future self, then then when that future comes, you're like, oh my goodness, I should have done this like yesterday, last week, last month, last year, but now the future's here, but because you didn't prepare for it, now you're befuddled in the future. So I I want people to really hear what you talked about helping your future self, because it's all about helping you and your future self. This is not involving anyone else at this point. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it, it takes time to understand that mindset of going, what can I do now that's going to help make my life easier in the future, better in the future, do the things that I actually want to do in the future. And and what goes along that, what I talk a lot about is when you say yes to something, you are actually taking time away from your future self. So if you say, yeah, I'll help on this committee or yes, I'll help on this project right now, you're not devoting any time to that because you were just asked to help out, but your future self now doesn't have all that time because now you just committed to helping this person. So, you know, if you look at the successful people in the world, they say no a lot more than they say yes. But if you look at the people who are struggling, they say yes a lot more than they say no. And I think we need to flip that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Takes away time. No gives yourself time. Love that. So what does your morning routine look like? And when I say your morning routine, I mean, when you first wake up, what are the first couple things you do other than going to the bi- taking a bio break? Yeah, as I say, go use the restroom. Uh, so I get up in the morning and I've got about an hour to myself before the kids get up, and so I'll use that time uh, mostly just to kind of read, do some study, and, and plan and prep for my day. Uh, then the boys wake up. Uh, we all have breakfast together as a family. Help get them out the door. Uh, they head off to school. Um, they were doing home school for a long time just with quarantine stuff, but now they've kind of reintegrated back in. So that's kind of nice to get them out the door. And then, uh, I've got about 45 minutes then where I'll do my workout and then I'll get ready, dress for the day and then, uh, begin work. And I'm usually in my office by eight thirty, eight forty-five. What time do you typically wake up at six fifteen? Okay. How long after you wake up before you check email and social media? 
Uh, it depends if it's a good day. It's like two hours. Okay. If it's a typical day, maybe like 20 minutes. I'll usually, usually what I end up doing is while I'm, I'm getting the coffee ready, I'm standing there in the kitchen and I'll just check, hey, did anything burn to the ground while I was sleeping last <laughs> night? Uh, and the answer is always no. And I'm always like, why am I even bothering with this? But it's it's there. It's one of those little things that's still there. <laughs> this past Sunday, I finally watched The Social Dilemma. And people have been telling me, Mark, you got to watch it, you got to watch it, got to watch it. And I got this thing with Netflix. Uh, so I have been putting it off, but I got a month subscription. I watched uh, The Social Dilemma last night. Let me tell you something that jolted me. I mean, it really jolted me, not so much about the privacy, but how much of our time is being sucked up by social media. And I actually deleted my Twitter account, my Instagram account, my Pinterest account, uh, my Facebook page. I removed Clubhouse and Snapchat from my phone, so I only have LinkedIn on my phone right now. And I'm thinking that uh, Clubhouse and Snapchat may be going as well. Because I, 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 after I watched The Social Dilemma, I said, okay, how much is this helping me? And how much is it a distraction? How much business am I getting? And how much is it, you know, keep me from growing business? And LinkedIn, that's isolated. I get so much engagement, so much business from LinkedIn. But the other ones, I just, I started looking at them like, you know, is this really pushing me toward my goals or pulling me away from my goals? Have you seen the social dilemma? I have not. It's in the queue. And I know that once I watch it, it's going to change everything. So yeah, it's amazing because uh, I'll tell you the one quote that rocked my world and I don't remember who they gave it credit to on in the show. It says, if you're not paying for a product, you are the product. And that's been, I had trouble sleeping last night. It kept going through my head. I'm like, oh my gosh. So like, I'm going to get rid of WhatsApp today. All my clients on there, look, go to Signal or Telegram. I want to get off of fa- everything Facebook because there's a reason why it's free. Okay. <laughs> there's a, because they're getting your information. And I think when you watch it, it's going to jolt you in some way, shape or form. And look at one of my favorite authors, uh, two of my favorite authors, Cal Newport and Adam Grant. They're not on social media and they're doing pretty well. So you don't have to be on social media to survive in this world, believe it or not. Yeah, it's true. And I think for me, I'm only on Twitter. That's the only social network I have. And even that is still quite a bit and just trying to be intentional with it. Right. And going like, I, I have a pretty small group of people that I follow through a list and intentional and they're all people like I glean from or they share interesting stuff or it's helpful. So it's never like doom scrolling for me, but it is in those moments where you've got like the downtime or you've got something where, you know, got a, got a few minutes or I'm in between uh, stuff and I always call it like, the just checks. I'm just going <laughs> to check this real quick. And those moments, Cal Newport calls this solitude deprivation, where we actually are being like all these little down moments where we have a moment of quiet, we're filling it with something. And there's never a moment where we can be bored, never a moment where we can just be alone with our thoughts. And this actually creates anxiety and frustration. It makes it more difficult for us to think clearly. It makes it more difficult for us to make choices and decisions and just, you know, go through our day focusing on the things that really matter. And we kind of train ourselves to hit eject anytime we're bored or hitting a moment of, you know, challenging, difficult work, whether we got to kind of think through a problem, you know, I'm just going to check something instead. And we eject from that. (laughs) And it, it makes things, you know, take longer than they need to. It 
you know, teaches us to be distracted, teaches us to uh, not be able to do that deep focus work. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Stuchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. I don't know if it was in deep focus or digital minimalism, but he says we got to get back to embracing the boredom. So a lot of times we're at the supermarket and there's a line instead of just being bored and looking around, we pull out our phone. Like to, like you said, to get a quick dopamine hit on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. He goes, why, what happened to being bored? And I'm like, yeah, how come we, we it's almost like we feel guilty for bored, but it's okay just to do nothing, literally just be bored. And I think because the internet and everything goes along with it is on 24, seven, 365 with all the bright, shining lights and, you know, gizmos and stuff. We feel so energized. And of course, if you learn about the psychology of the brain, you know, dopamine hit. And then when you get dopamine hit, you got to get more in order to get the same high, which you get from social media. And I'm trying to practice being bored, but it's tough because of the age we live in now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And I think, it's even becoming the mindset shift, like you talked about earlier, just a second ago, that a lot we feel that boredom is bad or that it's wrong. And that's it's the opposite. Like, no, like this is often where your best breakthroughs come through. This is where clarity of thought will come through, is in those moments where you're mowing the lawn or you're in the shower, or you're taking a walk, and your brain has no choice but to noodle on something that's in the back of your mind. And that's where your brain We'll do the work and you'll get the ideas or things will become clear, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a daily runner. So every day since August 29th, 2017, I run, you know, one to three miles every day. And some days I try to leave my AirPods behind and just go out for a run. And I can tell you when I do that to, to hear what you just said, there's no noise, whether it's music or a podcast or an audiobook going to my head. My brain can like go, oh, okay, let me do some sorting out. And I get some great ideas when I'm not listening to anything. And I don't think people understand that. I see people on the walk, they're they're watching YouTube, listening to a podcast, whatever the case may be. Well, your brain's always working, but if you are in silence when you're exercising or in the shower or something like that, I know some people play music when they're shower. Problem with that is your brain never gets a chance to take a collective breath because we're always bombarding it with information. And I encourage you, listener, if you haven't done this in a while, go for a walk without your technology. It'll be weird if you're so addicted to technology, but after a while, you're going to realize that birds chirp, that the wind makes a noise when it goes through your trees, which you can't hear when you're always in your technology. Mm-hmm. I, I heard just recently, actually, that the um, the opposite of sloth right? Like kind of laziness isn't busyness, but it's actually like healthy rest. Oh, wow. And, and choosing like where we're going, well, I don't want to be slothful. So I got to be busy, busy, busy. And it's like, no, like just being busy for the sake of being busy is the same as doing nothing, right? Like if you're just doing busy work and through healthy rest and through having clarity about what actually matters, what's truly important, you're able to make those choices of how to truly spend your time in a meaningful way. And so I feel like out of that comes, you know, we, we use this term meaningful productivity, where for me, having dinner with my family is that's a productive use of my time because mm. it's building relationships that matter and it's connecting with people and, and, and all of this stuff, right? Like I feel that 
productivity, the the digital stuff we're talking about, the boredom. Uh, we talk a lot about in our training, we talk a lot about margin and having breathing room. All of this is for relationships. Like The reason I want to be productive in my work is so that I can build better relationships and serve our customers and serve our members and, and the people that do our stuff. And the reason I want to have a healthy balance between work and life is so I can also have these deep relationships with my family and my friends and, and serve my neighbors well and be around that. So it's like all of this really is unto just deeper relationships and and being more present for other, those around us that need us. And so it's like meaningful productivity. How can we use that to show up for the relationships that matter most to us and for the roles in our life where we are most needed and can make the best contribution? And so I feel like all of this comes back to that relationship stuff. And so if you're just doing busy work all the time, Again, you're just filling up your time with stuff. And it's like, does this matter? Is this actually helping me in my relationships? Is this helping me in my most important roles? Or am I just trying to avoid like being able to be calm and being able to dial down for a minute and be bored for a second or just be quiet for a second? Uh, you know, is it an avoidance of that? And it's like, these are the two sides of the spectrum that yet kind of hit on the same challenge of we're avoiding like the, the stuff that really matters. With sloth, you're avoiding it by just laziness and abdication. Through busy work, you're avoiding it by sort of like neglect or almost like pretending like this this counts, this matters, but it doesn't. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being productive. However, you can be productive and busy. And same words, it's just that what are you working on? What are you focusing on? Because one of you think one of the things you do on your website, because your website's got the word focus in it, is talk about focus. And in this day and age, with all the distractions, it's it's really difficult to be uh, in a state of focus. Uh, I, I give this exercise to my clients all the time. I said, for one hour, don't do this more now, one hour. I want you to write down every time you've been distracted. And most people say they can't get more than 15 minutes because their, their, their pad is full. We don't realize how much we're distracted. We think, oh, email and social media. What about the neighbor is having their roof being redone and all the hammering up there? What about a cat crying outside? What about a loud car? If we sat, stopped for a moment and wrote down all the distractions we're dealing with, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be terrified. You'd be horrified because there are so many distractions that we're dealing with. Fortunately, most of our time, their brain is just like, okay, that's a car. I'm going to ignore it. But there are a lot more distractions that people realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the time. And they come from without, right? Like you said, the, the, the roof, the car, and then they come from within too. And I think that's where coming back to the beginning of this conversation, that's where the social media stuff, these, the just checks that comes into play where when we sit down to, to do a task and then you kind of, once you finally get ramped into it, then you hit a point where there's like this little, it's like a speed bump, so to speak in the work. And it's not just, you're like, I got to figure this out. This is a little challenge. And instead of just sticking with it for sometimes it's just like two or three minutes, we eject and we distract ourselves, right? By I'm just going to check Twitter real quick. I'm just going to check my email or Slack or you know Facebook, whatever it is. And then you come back and you lost that momentum. Like yep. You put the car in park instead of slowing down to go over the speed bump, it's like you just parked the car and you've lost some of that momentum. 
Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and click the link. I love how you call them the the, the just checks because if you're fully focused on a project or a task and you see your phone light up and it's got a notification... You don't even have to look at the notification. The fact that you saw your screen light up, you're like, I'll get to it later. You've already lost focus. People don't realize at that point, you might as well look at the notification because you already broke the focus. you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's, it, I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Graham's uh, schedule about the, or the uh, essay about maker schedule, manager schedule. And he talks about these two, you've got the maker avatar and you've got the manager avatar and two real people. and for the maker, the craftsperson, the the thinker, they need their day is basically broken up into maybe one or two at the most time blocks, right? Like before lunch, you know, nine to noon, and then after lunch, like one to five. And these are the two time blocks. And the maker is like, give me, I need all three to four hours to get this task done. And it's as you begin to work and you enter into that sort of focused state. And the, you, you know, Mihai, uh, Chiksen Mihai Lee, he calls it flow yep. and you're in there and it's like, this is amazing. Right. But it takes time to get in there and then it takes a second to get zapped out yep. and then you have to ramp all the way back up. So as soon as you know, your phone lights up or the notification comes on your screen or whatever it is, then you're pulled out and you lose all this momentum. So I like to keep my phone and my computer and everything. I keep everything on do not disturb automatically until lunch. So my phone, nothing's on, nothing's disturbing me. Nothing's popping up. I don't get any notifications. I talk to my team about this. My, my wife, she knows everyone knows like if you text me in the morning, I just won't see it. If you Slack message me, I'm just not going to see it. So if it's important, you got to call to get through. Otherwise you can wait until lunch. And that's when I see all my notifications. And then that way you're just able to, to, to dial in and get focused on that stuff. And what's interesting about Do Not Disturb is if you have favorites, like on the iPhone, you have favorites, anybody in your favorites can get right through. Okay, so that, that's that's the thing. I've gone back and forth with Do Not Disturb. My problem is like I have calendar uh, alerts to keep me on task throughout the day. And when you put Do Not Disturb on that, you don't get those as well. And so um, I wish the way I could turn like just alerts on just for my calendar, that would be really helpful. But uh, so I'm, I'm trying to deal with that right now, but you're right. Cause you look at Tim Ferriss and he keeps his phone all the time on do not disturb, but something else I want to encourage people to think about is turn off vibration mode, because if you have vibration mode enabled and you mute your phone and you get a text message, the phone's going to vibrate, which is going to make a noise, which is going to cause you to lose focus. So if I am with somebody and my phone's in my pocket and it's on mute, I don't know I get a phone call where most people, their leg starts vibrating or they hear it vibrating in their purse. And I just encourage people. I, I know there is the FOMO's real and people are like, what if I miss a call? Look, the president of the country is not going to call you. Okay. We just got to let that go and realize that most things, 99% of the time it can wait, but we just live in a world that, Okay, if someone calls me, I want to get the call because it may be a billion dollar client, which is not. But what that does, it helps us lose focus and we get more distracted and our productivity goes down the tubes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. Well, listen, we talked a lot today. Um, and I love what you said about the meaningful productivity because yeah, you could be productive, but are you working on what needs to work on? So I really appreciate that. So we're going to turn over to something now I call mic swap. This is the opportunity for you, Sean, to be the temporary host of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. You can ask me any question you want, except for social security and credit card numbers. And if I don't know the answer, well, it's my show and I can say, you know what? I don't know. So the mic is yours, Sean. Well, hey, this is Sean Blanc. Welcome to the Sean Blanc Show. My guest today is Mark Suchesky. Mark, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me, Sean. <laughs> so uh, I have a couple of questions for you, just uh, one based on our, our pre-call conversation and then one from the thing. Um, I was, I'm curious to hear from you. You mentioned at the beginning of our show about how reducing or complexity is, I think you said the doorway to procrastination. Yes. Which I love that. I love, I think the toothpaste dial is my favorite example of that is when, right, it's the decision fatigue. <laughs> and so you go to the toothpaste aisle, and it's like, here's 10,000 yep. kinds of toothpaste. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? Like, forget that, I'm out of here. And so, you you know, there's, there's you, you just don't make a decision, you procrastinate. So I would love to hear from you, Mark, what is an example for your life that you have reduced complexity in order to reduce procrastination? Well, first of all, let me just address the toothpaste issue. Uh, science has proven uh, the toothpaste is toothpaste is toothpaste. So contrary to what all the packaging says, oh, it whitens your teeth, it prevents cavity. It's all, you could buy the cheapest brand. It's actually, it's not the toothpaste. It's actually, it's like washing your hands during COVID. It's not the soap. It's the actual rubbing your hands together. So I just want to put that out there. I thought when I learned that, I thought it was fascinating. Now, the answer to your real question, because you didn't ask me about toothpaste. Uh, the real question is letting go. Okay, so my wife was furloughed from her travel job back in March of 2020, along with the rest of the travel industry. And it took me probably seven or eight months to finally involve her in the business so I can focus on what I love to do, creating content like the podcast, my courses and stuff like that, and let her do what she's really good at. It was not easy because I'm a control freak. I admit I'm a control freak. But once I did that, it made life so much easier for me. And when you're running your business, you're trying to do everything yourself. It's really easy to do things, which I call procrastination, getting the right font for your website. Uh, am I using the right wording? Is this the right color? That's all procrastination. Just like I'm a big fan of the bullet journal. If you're looking for the, the right journal, that's procrastination. If you're looking for the right app, that's procrastination. So what I've done is I've, off, I've delegated a lot of stuff to my wife who does a much better job than I do. And I can focus on what I'm good at and she can focus on what she's good at and it works out together. And I find myself doing a lot less procrastinating. So what I hear you saying is you've, you've reduced complexity by um, giving up your need to maximize every decision and have control over every activity of your business. Yep. I love that. It's well said. Thank you. All right, my last question for you, and this actually, you almost half answered it, so we'll see what you have to say. But I was, I'm curious to hear, you know, we're just about one year since all the lockdown stuff really kicked in with COVID. How has your life changed over the last year? Like, what's different now Yeah, that I, wasn't true a year ago? I just saw a post yesterday on LinkedIn about, you know, talking about the one-year anniversary of COVID and all that good stuff. And I said, you know, at first people go... COVID is the worst thing that ever happened to me. Now, certainly if you know someone 
who got COVID and died. I'm very sorry to hear that. Or you got sick or, you know, people got sick or your business lost, you know, customers and to go out of business, whatever the case may be. But a lot of people had a good year. Uh, if your name is Jeff Bezos, you had a really good year. And, and so as I look back, much as I do when I look back when I got fired from my corporate job in July of 2005, you know, this turned out to be really good because it jolted me to shake things up because I was going and doing the same thing every single solitary day, the same way, the same clients, the same way, just the names have been changed. Now it really forced me to like, okay, what can I do to better serve people? And I wonder if COVID never happened, would I be still doing what I was doing last March? Probably, but this really forced me to force me to shake things up. Uh, example I just learned recently, Tony Robbins, you know, he goes these arenas all around the world and 20, 30,000 people. And he's just teaching. Well, he couldn't do that anymore. So what he did is he built this massive studio, which has all these monitors. He's in the round. He's got these monitors all around him. And so when you're on one of his events, he can actually see you. Okay. So he, in the beginning, even he admits the great Tony Robbins, even he admitted, what am I going to do? I can't go out and speak in public. I can't go anywhere. And he goes, there's got to be a way. And he figured out a way. And I think that's what I did. I, I okay, listen, a lot of my clients said, look at lost my job. You know, I can't afford your full-time coaching. I'm like, okay, what can I do? At first I got angry. I went to the five stages of grief and then I said, you know what? How can I solve this problem? And I did. And now I'm creating more products and services. And I don't think I would have created those had COVID never happened. That's great. What are you doing to maintain this? Is my last question. You mentioned the jolt and how things really changed for you. What are you doing so that the things you've learned, the way that your life has improved over the last year to maintain that going forward and not settle back into the way things used to be? I'm taking action. Okay. It's not enough to learn something from me, from you, from Tony, doesn't matter where you've got to take action every day. Okay. If you want to build uh, an email list, you can't say, Hey, I got an email list one time. You got to keep working at it. Okay. And so I know what my priorities are and those priorities go on my calendar. So it's not enough to say, I'm going to create content. There's a spot on my calendar every day, sometimes multiple times a day that says create content. It's on my calendar. Okay. A lot of people keep those things in their head. Well, someday I'm going to work on content. Someday I'm going to write a book. Someday I'm going to start a podcast. It won't become real till it puts on your calendar. You put on your calendar, I mean, and you start taking action. You do something. And a lot of people are waiting for a perfect moment. You're never going to have the time you have now. This is it. There's never going to be another COVID in our lifetime. So go do and stop dwelling. Mm, that's great, good. Great question, Sean. Very good. So my final question for you, sir, is where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Yeah, uh, my website is thefocuscourse.com. And we are actually, if people are interested, uh, we've got a special thing that we're starting in May. We're doing this academy cohort that goes through. It's kind of the new thing. We used to do live events in person. Obviously, COVID has changed that. So we've switched to an online uh, format and we're just starting those. So we've got like a small beta group that we're taking people through in May. And we just are only opening that up to our normal, just kind of our current alumni. But uh, for your show, I'd be happy to let anyone who's interested, uh, if they wanted to apply, they could. So you go to thefocuscourse.com and then slash academy, then they'll be able to find out about that. Excellent. Well, I enjoyed our engaging conversation. You gave a lot of insights. So I really appreciate you being on the show today, Sean. 
Thanks, Mark. Likewise. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stuchowski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.